I don't care if it's a week, two, four, six, seven, eight. Who do we appreciate? LeBron James. That's who y'all got to start, start appreciating. And you got to stop disrespecting this man. You got AJ Brown, who's a legit number one. And you got Julio, who's a legit number one. One of them dudes got to get double teamed. Who going to get double teamed? And whoever gets double teamed, the other one gets the ball. I'm saying this with no pun intended, with full of pride. I got to change that intro because every time I see myself talking about A.J. Brown and Julio, it just reminds me just how awful that take really was, bro. Like, I had so much expectations. Yeah, but welcome to another episode of the Prideful Takes Podcast. As always, it's Pride, and I got a very, very special guest making his second appearance. It's that guy, Mike. Stand up. How you doing, my guy? Got a new title now, kind of feeling myself. MVP, MVP yes, in the house, doing my vibe, living my life. Uh, ASAP's been going good. Mike yes, on the sir. mic been going good. Me and Pride are raising people's blood pressures on the daily. It's a yes, great sir. vibe, and we're doing our thing. And, and talk to him about the all spotlight, all plays. You're not getting away with that, baby boy. You're not getting away with that, Mike. Mike, what is in that whole thing? What is your title? Can you say it one time? I am MVP. Mike is vice president of the oh! All Spotlight All Plays Network. Uh, you guys can check it out. It's literally just became a thing yesterday. Um, Darian, the Spotlight Network creator and founder, um, Freddie Henderson, who we all know his title and who he is. I'm not priding him up, but you know, it's that we all know who he is with the ASAP network, the founder creator of that amazing person. Um, Darian is the president of the all spotlight, all plays network, a name I created. Um, but yes, sir, and sir, just got to put that out there. Um, it, it's definitely though. They made me vice president. I brought in pride. I'm bringing in fat Mike. I'm bringing in so many other amazing individuals. Also, his name is fat Mike. I am not being rude, but it, it's, it's, it really is. I'm in the group chat and I saw it. It, it really is. Fat it Mike. really is. It really is. I told Freddie, I go, Hey, I got fat Mike. He said, what did you say? I said, no, it's not even like that. <laughs> not even like that. Like, that's but, his name. Yeah, man, we're, we're hoping, hopefully in the next one to two weeks, we'll be kicking off brand new shows with the ASAP and Spotlight Network. People who are traditionally behind the scenes, you know, not background characters, but not regulars, um, will be becoming regulars. And we will have more shows, NASCAR, lacrosse, baseball, football, basketball, hockey, all different genres that we're going to be talking about it. Um, Joe had an amazing idea, the what if scenario. We just talked about a bunch of what ifs. If certain things didn't happen, I will be there for the Derrick Rose episode, Pride. You best fucking believe it because LeBron James would not be who he is today if Derrick did not have his issues. But I'll be honest with you, I disagree. But I will say this, I do think Derrick Rose would have been. I, I, oh no! I, I think he would have won a ring, hundred percent with the for one time. I would have for one time. Oh yeah, no, he definitely would have won one time, and I, I think we would have looked at D Rose in a better because, like, at, after D Rose's injury, kind of was you know Braun versus Paul George. You know what I mean? They tried exactly. to hold that up for a little bit. I think D Rose would have taken that mantle, and yeah. had he not gotten injured, I think that would have been a. Fun rivalry. It really I think would. that it I think it'll been fun. Cleveland and Chicago already got beef. They would have had even more if it would have been able to see it through. But especially with a young Jimmy. Oh, but that's oh neither here nor there. Oh neither yeah, nah, there. nah, they nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a good team, and it, it was uh, yeah. Shout, shout out to D Rose because now he out here doing this thing with the Knicks. Still, occasionally putting up those highlight plays. He still put those highlights. He shows you glimpse, but what I like about it is he's containing himself. You know what I mean? He'll do those highlight plays every once in a while, but then he goes back to playing a pure right. game that he doesn't have to overly rely on his athletics. I ain't going to lie to you, though, bro. I ain't seen my man's dunk since Cleveland. I don't think he dunked someone. I ne- I have not seen once. I've seen fast breaks where he literally runs, and I'm like, is it going to be the dunk? He goes, <gasps> lay up. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's two points, I, I guess. I don't blame him. Oh, no, what? Uh-uh, no way. Right. I'm not jumping. Like 100. I'm not. I'm not jumping. No way. But um, first thing I want to talk to you about the MLB has gone dumb wild. Obviously, we've got all the stuff in free agency and the looming lockout. Um, both sides have stopped talking to for the day. So even though the lockout doesn't officially happen until midnight, right? This is pre-lockout. 
Right. So, Mike, I don't. You could start whichever which one, whichever one you want to start with. Um, free agency's been wild. The lockout's been happening, so everyone's talking about that. So, let us know, Brody. What's on your mind when it comes I mean, to the I'll, MLB? I'll be rocking with free agency. Um, I feel like when it comes, I mean, we could talk about the lockout, but I feel like when it comes to the lockout, we already had a good understanding that that meeting meeting that lasted thirty minutes or like fifteen minutes. Yes. Uh, and players walked out, and and commissioners walked out. We knew what it was, and we knew they were going to put an offer on the table. They were going to spit on it and walk out, and that's perfectly yes. fine. Um, but there's a lot that goes into that. The universal DH is something I'm very looking forward to. Um, I am not one of those individuals who says, I love it when John Lester hits his first career home wa- home run 13 years into the league. Like, <laughs> I, I could give a fuck. Like, I, I, want- I will be honest with you. I didn't care until I saw Big Sexy Bertolo Colon do it when he was at the Mets. That's what I'm saying. No, but like it's that's still what I cared about. It's a good time. Like, don't get me wrong. As a Cubs fan in 2016, in the playoffs, on an even year, watching Jake Arrieta hit Madison Bumgarner, taking him deep in San Diego or in San Francisco, was the most lit fucking thing. You, if you've seen, we're not gonna incriminate ourselves. But what Mike Hughes at 16 years old was drinking that night cannot be spoken about on the prideful takes or any anywhere. But it was a great night. And, and nights like those are fun, but 99.9% of the time, it is a wasted at bat. Um, so so you definitely look at it from that perspective. Um, and I feel like I say that all the time, but it's like my trademark. It, it's definitely something though where I, I'm just ready for it. And I, and me being a Cubs fan, like I had Kyle Schwarber, Jorge Soler all in my outfield. Like, I'm sick of this shit. Like, I want them as a DH. They're horrible fielders. Kyle's gotten better, but Jorge's still dog shit. But it, it's definitely something I'm like, dude, like, let's just do it. Like, why Why do other people get an advantage and we don't? But when mm-hmm. it comes to free agency, first, put some respect on our boy Nate at the All Sports All Plays Network. He's the only man in this organization and in this world who's been a Texas Rangers fan, and he's living his life. And the Best Texas life. Rangers, I, I wanted to kick off and, and kind of ask you, Pride, like, did that shock you? Like, because I was kind of looking at Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. I was like, both of them. I was very shocked. I, I was I was immensely shocked. I, I was. I think I was more shocked about Marcus Simeon going. Like, right. Corey Seager, I kind of felt like he was just going to go to the highest bidder, whoever paid him the most. Right. That's how the – The most Marcus years, Simeon, the most money, it's cool. Right, but Marcus Simeon was the weird one because I'm like, bro, you're trying to win. You're 30. Yeah, you're like, not only you trying to win, but you had a great situation mm-hmm. in Toronto. You guys just barely missed the wild card. And I'm one of the people who believe that if they make the wild card, oh, I think they go deep. I I, I believe I believe I was they, with you. I th- I think I think they're making a run and they're making right. they're putting legit. What up, Darian? How you feeling, Brody? But I'm, I'm telling you, if they like if Toronto makes it, right, they have a hell of a chance. I was one of those people from the beginning of the year. I said if Toronto makes the playoffs, they're going to the ALCS. I don't care what yes. anybody says. Yes. I believed in Barrios. I believed in Ryu. Um, and we already talked about this yesterday. Probably one of my favorite players in this game, Bo Bichette, Vlad yes. Junior. Um, BGO Springer was healthy. You know, you had and Simeon. Simeon was the focal point of that offense. He's what yes. brought in RBIs. He's what brought in runs. Um, it, it was a great go. So seeing him go for not a lot of money uh, was what surprised me the most. There wasn't a lot of years on this deal. There wasn't a lot of money involved in this deal. Um, I thought the Chicago White Sox were going to be in on him, uh, desperately needing a second baseman. Traded Nick Madrigal <laughs> to the Cubs, fleeced. But um, is what it is. Um, I, I desperately thought, like, you need to go somewhere where you're in a good situation. Um, and, and I felt like he was in the best situation he had been in. If you're going to go for that money, I just found it weird. Um, but, yeah, Texas straight up. And, Pride, I don't know how deep you are with knowing about prospects and stuff, but let's just be real here. Jack Leiter, the second he comes up, this team is going to be very legit, very fast. Um, Listen, in terms of the minors, the Rangers have a dog shit team. Right, but if you're looking through at their pipeline, right, woo, they got they got talent. You got and the only thing wrong with the talent is the mm-hmm. fact that they're stupid young. 
Right. You give them some time to like season them a little bit and prep them and whatnot. Right. Woo. I think about it. You give Corey a year, give Simeon a year to get, you know, comfortable. Everyone has a weird first year, I feel yes. like. Yeah, Unless you're Jason Hayward and every single year is fucking weird, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, still working for St. Louis on the low, but between the blind baseball and podcast, y'all should join us. <laughs> let, let us know. Let us know. But um, you know how it is. But um, what up, coach? What up, Dante? Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of those situations I feel like with Jack Leiter. Next to Mackenzie Gore, I would say, is one of the best starting pitching prospects in all of baseball coming out of Vanderbilt. Mm. Um, you know, he's definitely one of those guys that, I mean, I'll buy his jersey. I, I do not like the Rangers, but I will buy because his jersey. He's, he's, he's good. He's a dog. He, he's, yo, he's a dog. He is, and I don't know what it is with Vanderbilt, but God damn, bro. They be, Everything comes out of Vanderbilt, bro. Bro, they spit out baseball players. Out of nowhere. For no reason, bro. Right. I'm like, yo, I'm like, look, Vanderbilt. You're somehow dog shit everywhere else. But when it comes to baseball, they're with it. It's they're not with it, Mike. They are it. They are it. Yeah, they are <laughs> it, bro. Like, like it's wild just how great, bro. Like, yeah. Um, Coach Dante says, not to spit out baseball players. I don't know. I can't wait um till we get our baseball podcast going. Look, man, I've been telling y'all, bro, I, I love baseball. Like that is you, like me and Pride, man. We've been trying to get this going for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, bro. Like since I, I, I met Pride. Since I met Pride, we've been trying to do this. Hell yeah, bro. And I, I I'm telling you, I love baseball. But um, mm -hmm. I mean, look, let me ask you another one. How are your bias to the Tigers? Like, I don't know about you. When I saw that, I was like, "Look, I love, I love, I love Javi. That's my guy right there. I, yeah. I love him with a passion. I, I have a Cubs jersey that has buys." Right, respectfully, you Puerto Rican? Yes, sir. All right, Puerto Rican or Dominican? Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes yes, sense. sir. Hundred percent. Just making sure. Yeah, ya tu saben, bro. They, they not, not a lot of Javi love in the world, and it's either you're Puerto Rican or you were a Cubs fan. That's bro, all. I <laughs> And it's funny because a lot of people say that I love him because of like the energy he had. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, look, I know his name is Bad Say, but um, you know, um, Trevor Bauer, right? Like, one thing there. One thing I liked about Trevor Bauer, a lot of fun. It every time he would strike you out, he would scream and he would do that that whole little sword thing, and I like that because it makes the game fun. Javi does the same thing, which is kind of makes me go. Ooh la la, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's kind of, so I'm like I straight up have a Javier Bias jersey. Like, I'm tomorrow, How much bro. I have it, and I'm not, listen. I was not a Cubs fan, right? But I was like, that's my guy right there. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. By the way, what's up, Key? How you feeling? What's up, my man? But, I remember, bro. I was like 12, bro, when you yep. first got him. I was at his first game as a Cub, and I bought his jersey that day. I had my mom mm. buy his jersey. I was like, Mom, something about this kid. He sucked ass. They brought him back down to the minors. Uh, but once he finally popped off, my mom was like, all right, good investment. We got that jersey yeah. for like 30 bucks. And <laughs> we're like 220 now. So it's like, I'm chilling. Yeah. But he had a six-year, $140 million contract. Right. Now, I'll be honest. The contract itself did not surprise me. Right. It's going to Detroit. Who I understand Detroit is on the come up because mm. they just signed Erod, which right. I'm salty about that. But you know, good luck, Erod. You know what I mean? I hope I hope you you're you're uh you know you win the Cy Young Award, but when you play us, I hope you get <laughs> shat on. Um, but I look at it as Baez going to Detroit to me made no sense. Right. Am, am I bugging? I'll say this. Um, from Detroit's perspective, I feel like it's because either they had the conversation with Carlos Correa and he was not interested, um, or they realized Marcus Simeon was gone, Corey Seager was gone, and and they knew that they, they needed to get somebody. Um, I felt like I would be willing to give Carlos Correa, as much as I hate Carlos Correa, um, I would give him that 10-plus year deal. Uh, mm -hmm. I definitely would. Uh the reason I feel like Detroit fans are so in between on this is because even though it's only $140 million, Javier Baez has been striking out 60% of the time. And, and that's his biggest problem. Now, when Javi's hot, he's hot. Um, yes. But the problem he's is, it's always, it's always been Javi's problem is 
that ego is, is huge. I feel like, you know, Javi feels like, okay, it's going to come so natural. It's, uh, and this is coming from a guy who worked every morning at Wrigley field uh, from 4 AM to 12. I promise you the only guy I would see out there practicing before the mandatory practice was David Bodie. That was it. David Bodie was the only guy out there. Rizzo, Bryant, Fias, Contreras, none of them were out there. And, and that's perfectly fine. You know, your World Series champions, MVP, whatever. You don't got to be out there if you don't want to. Um, but when you're striking out 60% of the time and I still don't see you out there in the morning, um, you know, it, it's definitely something where I look at and I, I don't question his work ethic um, because obviously he made it to this level. But I, I think he relies on his talent just a little bit too much. And that's why we're starting to see these horrible at-bats, these horrible strikes. Uh, he's not taking his pitches. Javi doesn't want to get walked. Javi wants to hit a walk-off home run. Um, and that's Javi's problem. Just It's the little things. When I played ball, um, I'm going to be honest, Like I switch hit. That's fine. But I wasn't on base all the time. I was on base the majority of the time for taking my pitches. I'm um, 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, so it is what it is. Like I was, I would creep in. I'll get hit. I, I led the league. I, I led the fucking whole entire school franchise in getting hit. Head, shoulders, knees, toes, the balls, everything. Everywhere I was getting cracked. Um, but the second I got on base, I did what I'm best at, and I yes. stole bases. I stole bases. I didn't care. I'd steal three in one go. Like It, it was just like that. Now, with Javi, Javi can steal the bases. Javi just needs to get on base. And yes. So I felt like with Detroit, I love Spencer Torkelson. Uh, amazing prospect, and, and he's going to come up soon, and I'm really excited to see what he has to bring. Um, but I feel like that's a not a bad energy to have in your locker room with a bunch of young guys because it's the same situation as Texas. You know, you have a bunch of young guys. You've been dog shit for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Unless you're Pittsburgh, they're coming up soon. You know, nope. so Pittsburgh, they're going to come up, but it, it's, it's Pittsburgh, so fuck it. But it, right. it's definitely something, though, you look at and you question, like, do you want this guy to be the leader of your franchise? So I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I think uh, good for Javi, um, but he's the reason why this deal was 140 and not 340. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Coach Dante says the Astros drafted it perfectly. They could have had Altuve, which they did get, Carlos Correa uh, and Chris Bryant. That's if they drafted perfectly, but they picked Mark Apple over Chris Bryant, but still got two World Series out of that. Look, I, and, and but it comes World Series out of that. Uh, they got, I think they got one, one, two appearances. I think, yeah, it was two appearances, two appearances. Um, with one. I will say this, um, the year that they beat the the, the Dodgers, Cheated. and I say this all the time, people get mad. I think they're winning that regardless. Yeah, I, I definitely do and too. I'm one of those people who's there and I say, you didn't need to do what you did. Yes, you didn't need to. They were good enough. Yep. Uh, and it's ridiculous. Another comment from Coach Dante. Um, Javier Baez is is uh, is hot. Uh, the man is great, but if he's cold, he's strike a machine. And I think they had got something planned for Detroit. I think there's another free agent going to come. I think so too. There has to be because I, there's no way you're going to give him this money and then just go to sleep. I think Nick Castellanos has a return to Detroit. Um, yes. I, I think that would be very interesting if he had a return. Obviously. He only got traded because they were in a full rebuild mode that came to the Cubs and became who he is today. The only problem is Nick Castellanos is looking for a seven to 10 year deal. Um, so I don't know how Detroit would feel about that. He's already at the age of 30, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that. But it, it's definitely something there. If I'm Detroit, fuck it. And I do it. I just do it. I get, I'm fine with that. Yeah. And 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 uh, so Nick Castellanos, he's 29. He's right. going to be 30 in March. So he's basically right. going to be 30. Um, I, I feel like he'll be okay with a five year deal, right? But um, I don't, he's not looking for that. You don't that's, think he'll, he already said, he already said, I want a seven to 10 year deal. That's wild, bro. He doesn't care about the money, he wants he wants that security of playing, like, which I don't blame him, I don't blame him at all. You know, no, I, mean? I don't either. If you want to play, you want to play, right? So, I, I'm cool with it. Um, another comment from Coach Dante, um, Javier Baez swings to the fences a lot, sometimes he gets caught up and always tries to hit him. Oh, I've always called him this. I know. I, I, I've called uh, I call Javier Baez MLB's version of Carson Wentz, a guy who yeah. he wants that home run. He wants a walk off in the third inning, bro. There's six more innings. Right. Yeah, can't get a walk off here. Like, right. you know what I mean? And he always like he just felt like if I walk, I took the easy way out. Right. And it's like, no. If anything, if you walk, right. you won the battle because guess what? You you had more discipline. Then the you know then the pitcher you know what I mean why you're going your thing you kind of still won in some aspects you know right yeah but, I, I completely agree it's it's 
that's that's just been Javi's whole thing. And and I, you know, the Cubs, man, like we're talking what three, four NLCS runs, one World Series championship. The biggest reason to why we won that championship, and I, and I talk about it to White Sox fans all the time because they're like, oh, we can't have so many outfielders. Yes, you can. Javier yep. Baez was on the bench of the 2016 Chicago Cubs. It was Ben Zobris and Addison Russell starting because Javi still kind of had that issue and yep. was trying to figure that out. Now, he won, you know, playoff NL MVP um, because, you know, it just all clicked at the right time. Right. But once teams started to realize this kid is going to swing at the fences regardless, like they started throwing him outside pitches and Javi's going to try to swing at it. And, and that's been yep. Javi's problem. Um, so I, I don't know what it's going to take for Javi to fix that. Um Maybe being in Detroit, maybe being dog shit and irrelevant for a little while is going to be that. Because, again, when you are the Cubs, when you are in New York, you are the mecca of sports. Uh, you're going to Detroit, and I don't care what sport it is, it's dog shit. And it yep. is not giving a single fuck about it. So um, I, I think it will be humbling. I think we might see a very different Javier Baez, whether it be this year or next. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see how it all pans out for Javi. But I, I'm rooting for him. I really am. Yeah, um, so before we move on, I want to bring up one thing. Um, so right now, Marcus Stroman is in serious talks with the Chicago Cubs. Um, and the rumors are going around that it's going to be a three- to five-year deal. Um, based on the deep breath you just took, I'm assuming you're not a fan of it. Oh, Let me know what's going on on your mind. Perfectly fine. Um, you got to do something. You have to do something. You cannot... I don't care where we're at. In Pride, I'm going to name some guys that no one gives a fuck about really quickly. Uh, he's been on my podcast plenty of times. He's going to become the face of the Chicago Cubs. We're talking Brennan Davis, amazing individual. If you ever want him on this show, I can definitely hit him up. He's my guy. He'd be playing Call of Duty sometimes. Um, he's a great individual. You know, he is going to be the face of the Chicago Cubs, our number one pipeline prospect. Miguel Amaya, you know, great catcher, just had Tommy John surgery. He's a ways away. Braylon Marquez, Pete Crow Armstrong, Nick Madrigal, Nico Horner. That's all here and there. Ian Happ, perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. You got rid of Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Darvish, and now you're shopping Wilson Contreras. Pride, I need you to do something. You just got a network. You just got the marquee network, amazing network. If y'all ever want to hire me, let me know. Um, But it's definitely something where I know you have fucking money. Yes. Now, so far, they brought in Jan Gnomes who is a solid backup catcher, but that just solidifies my argument of that we are shopping Wilson Contreras. And mm-hmm. someone tweeted, this means they're shopping Wilson Contreras, and Wilson Contreras liked the fucking tweet. So, great, great job. Um, You fucked that up. But it, it's definitely something where you bring in Clint Frazier. I'm perfectly fine with Clint Frazier because it's a one-year deal when you're in a rebuilding year. If Clint Frazier has a peak year that you know he never really got to have in New York, we can trade him at the deadline for a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm perfectly fine with that as well. It's another rebuild, uh, another rebuilding move. But Marcus Stroman is a legitimate, okay, this is a future move. We have Wade Miley. We have Kyle Hendricks. We have Justin Steele, uh, Braylon Marquez, Ad- Edward Alzali. We have some solid young guys and a veteran in Kyle and Wade. So bringing in Marcus would mean everything to me. It really would. It really would because it's something I can look forward to, and it's a jersey that I can buy and say he'll be on the team in three years. Like, perfectly oh, yeah. fine with that. Um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely something right now we needed desperately. I did not want to just go into this offseason saying we got a bunch of year gap guys and Wade Miley. And, mm-hmm. and, it wasn't, I, and we got Wade Miley off waivers. We didn't even fucking right. see Wade Miley. So it's like it's right. not even that deep. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, think that's, I think that's a great move. Um, you know, I wanted Noah Syndergaard until I saw how much Noah Syndergaard went for. I'm perfectly fine with not having him now. Uh, Angel Dust is what I call it because that's what fucking Joe Madden was on. Um, mm-hmm. Giving him that money? Yeah, that, that Angel Dust. But it is what it is. The Angels can have him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty fine with it. I'm pretty fine. I think that's a solid move. I hope it happens. Yeah. Uh, we got a comment. Cliff Frazier, I think, is a very good baseball player. He doesn't have. A, he never had his opportunity. In right, New York. and that's why it's a my thing. Deal. But my thing with Clint, he had his opportunity. He really did, though. He did. He fumbled it. And in New York, when they were in a win-now mode, once you kind of – once you fuck up once, 
it's very hard for them to be wanting to give you a second chance. If it's you don't believe me, pride, they were not to cut you off, but they were forced to give him second chances because Aaron Judge and Gianno Carlos Stanton can't stay healthy. So we saw a lot from Clint, to be honest with you, yeah. in the last few years. So yeah. he has never, I never once said, wow, Clint Frazier's really been stepping up. Yes. And it was just last year because the year before last, he was solid. Right, right, right. He was solid. He looked good in just all last year. The only thing he knew to do was disappoint. Like, it got to the point people were like, oh, who's worse, him or Brett Gardner? And I'm like, Brett Gardner should have been let go years ago. Yeah. So once you're getting, getting get compared to Brett Gardner, get like, once you're getting compared to Brett Gardner in terms of how you're producing, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I looked at it with him. And they were in a situation where, like, they can't afford – to constantly try to give you, ch- and the reason being, if you don't believe me, go look at Glaber up. Go on Glaber Torres. Well, not on Glaber Torres. He was a fucking cancer defensively. But Gary Sanchez. Yeah. Go look at him. Yeah. Every single time he sneezed, they benched the poor guy. <laughs> bro, he sneezed. If they said, "All right, bro, you know what? We're wearing the white cleats today," and he goes, "Right, yes, sir," and he wears the white cleats, they change it fifteen minutes before the game of black cleats. He got the white cleats on, benched. And it's like, and and he took it in stride. The problem that Clint Frazier had is when he got benched the first time, it ruined the season. Right. Mentally, he just couldn't recover. So right. maybe in a maybe all he really needed, go be in a new team with a new situation. Exactly. Have a with Ben Simmons. Go and be in a new situation where you can just breathe new air, new faces, new surroundings, and see how that works out for you. So I'll be honest, that, that's how I look at it, but. I'm just glad because I hate New York. Yeah, I hate them. I'm glad. I hate, I'm both glad. I hate both of them with the passion. I don't, I don't hate the Mets. And the only reason I don't hate the Mets is for one man and one man only. Jacob DeGrom. I say this joke all the time. If New York City was burning, I'll buy a flight just to save Jacob DeGrom. Everyone no else doubt. can burn. No doubt. Everyone else can burn. But that's why I hate the Mets is because you're wasting Jacob DeGrom. Oh, my God. But, now, but now, matter of fact, Mike, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a quick question because now this is something that I've asked people, but people, they, they don't know how to answer this. Right behind Jacob Degrom, who is now the second best pitcher in the Big Apple, Max Scherzer or Garrett Cole? Max I say Max. Max. I don't even think it's close. Max Scherzer. It's it's without a question. Garrett Cole to me, um, New York money, like it, the the money mm-hmm. of Garrett Cole, and it's it's no disrespect. It's it's just Garrett Cole is solid. Um, I just mm, I'm gonna I'm fuck it. I'm gonna go out there and say it. After the whole spider tar thing, oh I don't my. know. I don't know who Garrett Cole is. Mike, I'm just saying. He when can't. that happens, Dante, I'm sorry, but it's just another scandal from Houston that I'm very curious about. Because when he was in Pittsburgh, dog shit. If we're gonna be honest, dog. If shit. we're gonna be honest, went to if- Houston, somehow figured it out. Buzzers, stickers, tar. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Mike, it's not baseball. Mike, I'm gonna tell you this right now, Mike. I'm gonna tell you this right now. I've been saying for for like ever since last year, and and Co- and Dante did say this. I have to go hold you. He did say that ever since the whole spider tech, he started getting knocked around like crazy. Bad. Co Dante did say that and I could vouch for him on this. And I've been saying this. Garrett Cole to me is no longer an ace. I think you have to. I think you have to call him an ace, but I don't think, for as a game plan perspective, that you treat him as such. That's like my, you let the name. That's what I've been saying, and and I I can't remember what this conversation was, but I said in name he's right. an ace, right? Kind of like if Clint like won't say it, but right, like he's in the same position as Clayton Kershaw, where in yeah. name you're an ace, right? But you're not anymore, right? And I said that, and like I had a whole bunch of Yankees fans mad. Oh my God, how dare you say that? And I'm like, if you're questioning why I'm saying that, you just snitched yourself out because you don't watch your own games. Right. I'm like, 100% you just snitched yourself out. No Because if you watched him, especially in the times where Ace is supposed to step up and hold it down, he's getting knocked around. Yeah. My, like the Red Sox, when we swept them three in a row, I think we started the year going 9-0. You felt that one. Garrett Cole. You were feeling yourself saying that one. Oh, I was hyped. I was hyped. But when that was happening, Garrett Cole was pitching. Yes. And while I'm saying and while I saw that, I'm looking, I'm like, hmm, something looks off with Garrett Cole. No, you're just a Boston fan. You're being a hater. I, I'm just saying that right. 
it, it, something looked different. And all of a sudden, now it's the past, but they still don't, they're still living I'm in the past. In, in name, in name, Garrett Cole is an ace. Right. But in name, now when you actually go on and watch him, right. all and, of a sudden when you say that, the game's no longer fun. Right. And, and I, I honestly think, like, not to be that guy, um, but if we're bringing up stats, just uh, I could read a little some some real quick if you want. Oh, uh, yeah. 2013, not to say that Garrett was bad, but he goes from 322, and this is 2013 up three, for ERA, 322, 365, 2015, solid, uh, what was it, um, 260. That's perfectly fine. Then we're still in Pittsburgh. Then he has 388, 426, 426. Out of nowhere in 2018, he has a 288, then a 250, then a 284. Then the spider tar thing happens, and he goes back up to 323. And that was only half the season. If it was a full season after the spider tar thing, four, probably four. Four plus. Four plus. I, I'm telling you right now, I think it's four plus. The right. way he was getting knocked up, 100%. It was, just, I, it was such a huge plus. impact from going to Houston and not. And, and I felt like one of the biggest things with that, is he did enter his prime. Your physique as an athlete is around the age of 27, 28 years old. That window, especially for a pitcher, it could be anywhere from 27 to 32, which is very odd. Um, but it, it's definitely something that I looked at and I said, nah, that's it's a little weirder than, than, than just you entering your prime. Like your entire mechanics, your entire way of your spin rate, everything. I'll give Trevor Bauer this. Trevor Bauer did a whole insight about, you know, Trevor Bauer has gone out there and publicly said like, yeah, I fucking cheat. Like, I use the spin rate shit to my advantage. I, you could see the numbers. You could see how it changes. And Trevor Bauer, to all, you know, everything he has going on, uh, I don't like the guy as a person. Um, but as a player, I love to watch him. Um, but he, he's not lying when he says that these guys are fucking up with the system and changing things. Um, so it definitely was something to catch my eye. Yeah, I mean, I will say when it comes to the whole spider tag thing, um, a lot of people try to like have excuses. And I'm like, look, at the end of the day, if it's cheating, it's cheating. You know what I mean? Like the same people who say, oh, the spider attack, you know, is because, you know, a lot, I notice a lot of people who say it's not a big deal or Yankees fans who want to support Garrett Cole. Right. And my thing is you can't have that same energy and then keep crying about Houston right. and what they did to you. Guys. Now, I don't think it's a big deal, though. Like personally, I, I can't. The only reason I say it's a big deal is because it's illegal. Right, but here's what I—that's the only reason I'm saying. This is me as a fan. Mm. I'm fine with it, as mm. long as they can do steroids. Yes. Oh no, I'm with you there. And, and I'm if, with the, you there. if the batters can do steroids, you can do spider talk. No, I want to see. I'm making you a deal versus Apex. No, no, I'm make you a deal. I'm making you because listen, when it comes to the spin rate stuff. Right, no, not not because because that's not affecting the actual body. Right, that's after the pitch. So you know what we gonna do? Equipment versus equipment. We letting the batters use aluminum bats. Now right. let's see. Now right. let's have some fun. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like like I'm with you there, hundred percent. Right. Like let me get Mark McGuire versus Garrett Cole today. Like let me see it. Like but let me, hey, give, me, give me Barry Bonds. Give me Barry Bonds, who still mm-hmm. is not in the Hall of Fame, which is bullshit. Slam and Sammy. Give me all of it. Like I want. I want to smoke. But they need to be able to accept the smoke because they, they bitch about support the bats. They bitch about everything. They, yeah. I just and I'm like, and I'm like, bro, the pitcher already has the fucking advantage. Right. It's like, how much more of an advantage do you need? If you need right. more of an advantage, that tells me either A, you want shit too easy to play. You play Call of Duty on recruit. Or B, you're trash and you're trying to exploit the system to try to make it seem like you're good. Right. That's just how I look at it. Yeah, that's way. How, but, that's how I you know, it. Mike, when Pride says stuff like that, he don't know what he's talking Scandal. about. Scandal. It's so scandalous. Speaking of scandalous, ooh, your team, the Chicago Bulls, um, they ended up being found guilty for that whole tampering thing. Yeah. Uh, which I'll be honest with you, I forgot that even happened. Swear to God, I forgot it even happened. Yeah. Um, and so did Miami. They found they were guilty. Now their next available second round pick is snatched. I'll be honest with you. I don't think this. I don't even think this shit fucking matters. But Mike, I know you feel the same. What was your reactions? And I want you to start your opening line is what you said in the group chat. First of all, nah. Before that, the pick is actually a 2026 second round pick because that's our next available second round pick. So um, I'll wipe my ass with that pick. I could give a fuck. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I could give a fuck. Now I'll say this: it affects the Bulls to a level. 
Um, and that isn't because it's a second round pick. The second round pick has zero value. It's who is making that second round pick. Arturis took Nikola Joker, Nikola Joker in the second round, 41st overall. Mm. He took Ayo Desumu, he, who was amazing player for the Chicago Bulls right now on the Bulls bench, an amazing point guard, uh, Chicago homegrown native in the second round. He has taken a lot of amazing players very late. One of the only picks he kind of whiffed on was Michael Porter Jr. But again, there was a lot of high upside and, and it is what it is. But um, it, it definitely would have been a solid pick, but it doesn't fit our window. And, and the same with Miami. Like we could give a fuck. Like our bench is solid. Like our our fucking bench is solid on both sides, whether that be Miami with Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Victor mm-hmm. Oladipo, people forget about, um, and many other individuals. And then on the Chicago side of things, you have Kobe White, who has COVID-19 right now. Prayers up to Kobe. I take that shit seriously. I don't care. Um, right. Prayers up to Kobe and his fam. Same with Braun. Um, praying for everybody affected by it. But it's, it's definitely something where, you know, you got Caruso, you got Io, you got Javante Green. You have a bunch of these dogs right now playing at such a high effective rate on your bench that, you know, I'm sponsored. Mike on the Mic podcast is sponsored by Bench Mob Chicago. Someone made an entire fucking site about the Chicago Bulls bench. And they have so many views because it's they're just that good. They're just that good. So I I could give a fuck. I truly could. Mm. Now, if I lose Zach Levine in free agency, woe is me. I will be hurt yeah. and there will be so much more going into it. And I'll be full in on LeVar Balls, bring in Jello, bring in LaMelo but bid mm-hmm. uh, the team up with Lonzo. It's neither here nor there. But pride, I, I, I could truly give a fuck about this. And I don't blame you. Look, I will say one thing. It freed money. I will say one thing. In essence, what in essence what they did was strip the team of two of, of, of draft pick each. The way I look at it, these two teams drafted a player who not only were experienced, not only were seasoned, but fit their team. Did they drafted a player basically that already fit them? Who's your second round pick, Lonzo Ball? That's fine, but like, think, like, think, and, and remember, this is not Lakers, Lonzo Ball. Right. This isn't ooh, like Lonzo Ball. This is Lonzo Ball, who's like, oh, um, I'm locking everybody down on the court, mm-hmm. and I'm shooting. You don't want to guard me? Lick my nuts. I'll drive by you. You want to jump with me? I'll jump with you. What real. are you trying to do? Like, for real. Like, like Lonzo got to Chicago and all of a sudden took a deep breath of the air and all of a sudden be like thugs with thugness was running through his veins. Like Lonzo is on it. So it's like that's why I don't want Jello here because I feel like the thugness will go too far. There's already stealing shit. There's already thugness in that man. Might pull out with a Glock. I mean, you're not wrong. But Jello fits. Jello fits a lot better in Chicago than Lonzo. I'll tell you that. Way more. Not on but the court, but in the is, street. But my thing is with the league, they got to make their mind up. And the reason I say they got to make their mind up is you supposedly you don't want anybody to, to, to do this tampering thing, right? They right. really want to crack down on the teams doing the tampering. But then you then this is the punishment. It's It's this weird thing where it's like, you're out acting right. as if it doesn't matter. So if, if it doesn't matter, fine. But then don't bitch about it. Don't right. complain about it. Don't say it's a massive issue. Because if you tell me it's a massive issue, I'm be with you. Okay, it's a massive issue. What are we going to do to stop it? And all of a sudden, when, when we say, what are we going to do to stop it? They go, oh, well, we're going to punish them. And it's like, okay. Right. Then you look at the punishment. It's like, yeah, it's like. They've literally fucking got away. It's like, you know what it is, though, to me? Who gives a fuck to me? That's what it is. Like, the Chris Paul to L.A. with Kobe Bryant didn't happen because Kobe had already won championships. They didn't want – they wanted Boston to be great. Not No shot pride. They wanted other people to take over that mantle. They wanted more people to be winning because it was Lakers, Lakers, Lakers for how long? So they didn't want that to happen. Now, Chicago does it. Who everybody disrespecting Chicago before the season even happened? Who gives a fuck? Miami, Miami hasn't been relevant in a while. They really just had that little bubble run, and that was really it. Who right. really gives a fuck? Now, if LeBron James had done this with Westbrook, 
it's a different conversation. If right, it, it, it's definitely a dip, something different. So the Chris Paul thing, I think, is a great comparison um, because again, no one gave a fuck what Chicago was doing in the first place because they didn't believe Chicago was going to work. So you know, Demar Derozan was the worst free agent. Lonzo Ball has no shot. Alex Caruso only looked good because of LeBron, and um, Zach Levine isn't a superstar. So it, it, it's like that. So I looked at it like that. Oh, and and Vooch is what? What's up, Landon? Yeah, yeah. Like that's one thing. Look, I went see again. I, I'm I'm gonna be honest here. I did. I don't. I don't think the Bulls are gonna win a, win a title this year. And when I saw the moves, I was like, you know, they did this stuff, you know, to be up there. But when I saw people talking about how picking up Vucevic was dog shit, Demar Derozan is horrible. Lonzo Ball's trash. I'm like, wait a minute. Timeout, timeout, timeout. The Chicago. These same people were saying DeMar, De- DeMar DeRozan rejuvenated and revitalized his career in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. These same people were saying Lonzo Ball's going to be one of the hottest guards. Forget guards. One of the hottest players on the planet. And anyone would be dreaming to have him. Right. And it's like, now with all that stuff, they go to, they get their team. And all of a sudden they're they're just dog shit. Like I I didn't understand it at all. I was right. lost. Um, it's Coach something says, I look at it. Uh, like Lonzo Ball shooting over forty from downtown. Demar Rose is having one of his best seasons. Zach Levine's unstoppable. Once Vucevic gets going, the Bulls are gonna be very very scared. Even without Vuce, they're gonna be very scared. Oh no, Vuce is here. Vuce. <laughs> but like, you good, you good. But like, look. They're and, – and look, Landon, like, I'm telling you, like I said, I didn't think that this team was going to be all, you know, all great. But when I'm seeing all these people talking about, yeah, this is, like, the worst pickup, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, right? Did, like, on what earth is all of a sudden – like, and I understand, you know, DeMar DeRozan, you know, he had this history of shrinking in the playoffs. But I've been telling people this. It's not the playoffs. Because before he got to play LeBron – he was doing great. He would take over series yeah. and he would have these great games. And it right. was LeBron that he would see. And all of a sudden, and, it, and again, let's not it's act like same, it was him. It's the same D Rose effect, bro. It's the same exactly. as the, why does D Rose not have a ring? You faced Bron. Exactly. And the thing is, they want to act like it was just solely um, DeMar DeRozan. I'm like, hold on. Kyle Lowry oh, will shrink. Oh, also shrink. And they're praising Miami for picking him up. So it's like, I don't see this for me. I don't see the consistency. Something right. doesn't make sense to me because we can't sit here and say Miami, they're great for picking up a dog, but then slander DeMar DeRozan because all of a sudden, yep, he's straight against LeBron. You know who else straight against LeBron? Fred Van Vliet. And people were trying to say he should have been finals MVP. Like if, right. if we don't put, if we're going to be honest, let's put the whole story out there. And personally, I just don't understand why. It's all. It's like they want Chicago to be successful. Then when they're successful, they're dog shit. It's wild to me. Like I don't. It's, it's like good. the same thing with, with with New York. Same thing with Boston. The same thing up to with LA. They want you to be successful. Then when you have a little bit of success, they're like, "All right, cool." Now Anthony Davis is dog shit, and it's like, pick a side, my guy. Like, right. It's, you know it, what I mean? Like, it just contradicts itself. It really does. Because if Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan were to went to the Lakers instead of Russ, or Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan were to go to the Lakers instead of Russ, it's, it's one of those situations where you're talking about a championship caliber team. But yes. when you team up with Le- Zach Levine and, and Nikola Vucevic and Billy Donovan, who just won coach of the year, you have the GM of the year, you have one of the greatest fan bases, at least top five in the league. Like, you're looking at it like that perspective. You bring in Alex Caruso and all these other Patrick Williams, Kobe White, Io, the list goes on, and we're talking about dog shit? Like, bro, what are, what are we talking about? Like, it, Honestly. It, and and, it and I, I think it really all just comes down to the fact that, like, you know, they just want to hate greatness. Right. But speaking of greatness, it's something that the team are talking about. Is not them dog shit Detroit Lions are probably going to lose the, every game, right? I made yeah. a vow, though. I looked in this camera and I vowed I am pulling for the Detroit Lions until they get their win. Right. I'm telling. As am happens, I. As am I. Yes. See, I, I got finally. I got someone in my corner. I'm telling y'all, when they win, I grow old. I'm gonna be on my deathbed. Right. Oh. Gasping my last few breath, my last few airs. You know, my yeah. The the last oxygen my body can withstand, and my son will be on my deathbed. 
He'll be next to me. My daughter will be here. And my daughter will say, Dad, I love you. Like, I'm going to love you too. And my son, him and I, we're going to have a moment. He goes, Dad, where were you when the Detroit Lions won their first game? And I'm going to say, sit down, you little shit. I'm going to tell you a story. And I'm going to tell this man and this woman, because I'm going to force her to listen, where their father was the day the Detroit Lions got their first win. Whenever it may be. I'm going to read you their schedule. I'm so mad that they didn't that they tied the steel. The last three games have been so winnable that like I, I'm like even they more. Should have the they should have beat they beat themselves. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, bro. Like the, the timeout, Dan Campbell do better. It's not even that. It's not even that. Like, if you actually watch the game like that, I literally watched them go from second and seven to second or to fourth and thirty-two, and they never hiked the ball once. Never. Never. Like you just had penalties, and I was just like, "What are you doing?" Like this happened multiple times. Landed with a comment. I was the biggest Lions fan last week because I want Nagy gone. I'm not a Bears fan. Everyone in there, Mike was like, "Mike, yo, Mike was one of the people." I led the motherfucking charge at a Bulls game. Yo, yo, Mike was like, "Hey, yo, Thanksgiving, he's fired. He's not fuck." <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, I, um, so, I was so tight. I was so tight. <laughs> Let me read you the rest of their schedule. They got the Lions. Or the Lions play the Lions. I feel like if the Lions play the they Lions, do, they, they do though. They do though. They will lose. They, every week it's the Lions playing the Lions because they beat themselves. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Lions. They play the Vikings next, um, on Sunday. After that, it's the Broncos, Cardinals, Lions, Seahawks, Packers. Um, you said Lions. Even the I know they're gonna get smacked by the Cardinals. I'm still pushing for them. Before I pass to you, I got one more comment. Uh, Coach Dante said, penalties hurt the Detroit Lions. Every time they moved the football, they kept getting penalties and the big play. Um, and make it a big play. And they kept um, and kept in a penalty. It got so bad to about third and 32, which I think was the one you were talking about, Mike. Multiple which is true. Like, every time they had a big play, it the immediately delay. got negated. Right. And, it, it, and I'll be honest, even if they don't score, they're in field goal range. So let's say they had that big play and then got then had a three. Now, you're in field goal range. You win that game. You win the Bears game by one. Exactly. So, um, so but, Mike, with the entire schedule I just listed, um, Rio, what up, Brody? Um, with the entire uh, schedule I just listed, um, Vikings, Broncos, Cardinals, Falcons, Seahawks, then Packers. You think they're going to win? I think you win – December 12th against the Broncos. Um, that defense has just been shredded, and I hate to say it. Uh, Kyle Fuller has been a liability all season long. Um, mm-hmm. And whether, he, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater or whether it's Drew Locke or whoever the fuck, Vic Fangio is still your head coach. Love Vic. Love Vic as a defensive coordinator. He's a, G, he's a genius, a great defensive-minded individual. Um, but they are a it, – it's a bad time. So oh, you yeah. neutralize – I mean, Jerry Judy's a dog, um, but, I mean, the Lions have some pretty solid DBs, if we're being completely real. Like, they're just young, um, and, and some are a little out of their prime, but they're pretty solid. Akuro, I forget his name, uh, Jeff something, I don't know. But, yeah, um, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But it, him matching up with Jerry, I feel like, is going to be good. All you really have to neutralize is Noah Fant. Uh, Javante, Javante Williams, I want to say, the rookie running back. Uh, yes. Pretty solid, pretty solid guy, but I feel like you can neutralize that. It all depends on Swift. Uh, Swift from the jump has not been the healthiest. I don't think he's their running back of the future. I think nope. they need to continue to look for that. Um, it, it, it's unfortunate because I like Swift a lot, um, especially out of college, but it's always been his problem is those small muscle tears. And mm-hmm. I'd rather I'd rather you break your fucking arm than tear an ACL or tear a ligament or your, or your labrum or something because those are just recurring injuries. Muscles never truly heal. Uh, there's always scar tissue. Now, if I break my fucking arm, they'll glue it back on. It's perfectly fine. Um, but it, it is what it is. Paraphrasing, of course, there's going to be some doctor in the comments that has something to say about how Mike said you can glue a fucking arm back on. But <laughs> relatively speaking, you can. But right, right, right. It, it's something where I feel like I love Dan Campbell. I didn't at first. Don't get me wrong. When I was listening to that press conference and he said he was going to bite the Chicago Bears' ankles off, I said, yeah, you and what fucking army? Like, what, you and what fucking orphanage that you're going to put together to beat – you and what Make-A-Wish Foundation is going <laughs> up against the monsters of the Midway and Aaron Rodgers and Justin Jefferson. Like, I'll stiff arm the fuck out of one of those kids. Like, don't play with me. 
Like they are bums. They are Holy horrible. Shit. I'll stand by that pride, but it, it, it's something I was like, what the, who the fuck are you talking to? Like build something first, then come talk to me. You just traded Matthew Stafford for a bag of dicks. Like, don't come at me like that. Like it, it's definitely like, what are we talking about? But I think against the Broncos, you got to. And another one, if not the Broncos, Pride, when was the Packers game? That's the last one. It might be them for the only reason that Jordan Love might be playing. Yes, sir. For the yeah, that, only that's, reason. That's why I said I say I think I got them I got I got them penciled winning the Packers game, depending on how the playoffs look. Yeah. If everything is all set and it doesn't matter whether or not they win or lose. I can see Devontae Adams sitting. I, I can see Jones yeah, definitely sits. I, I I think everyone sits to the point where they'll probably give them a couple sets here and there, just you know, mm-hmm. to keep the the legs moving. But other than that, I don't think I I think they're going to be bench right. everybody. I um, think the Seahawks are a definite possibility too, though. Me too. That I, I, listen, which is sad to say, but I think it is. Yeah, this year Seahawks hundred percent. I'm going to tell you right now, Vikings. I think it's winnable. And the reason I think, I think, I think so it's is because, winnable, but I think they're very hot at the right time right now. Yeah, and the thing is, is which Vikings are we gonna get? Are we gonna get right. the Vikings that you know are like you know pew 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 pew? You know what I mean? That that like you know just beat the Packers? Or are we gonna go get the one that played the Cowboys that like, rushed over for three hundred yards? Right. Like that's really kind of my concern. Um, the Broncos, obviously, for the reasons you stated, I think they have a legit chance. Cardinals are getting fucking mopped. Um, Falcons, I think they have a chance there. I don't know. Um, I, I think they have a chance. I think I, Kyle, Kyle Pitts has just been – and Cordell Patterson, they've just been solid. They, they, no, they, don't get it twisted. They've been great, but I genuinely feel like – I could see it, though. Yeah, and by the way, um, Swift, he he might miss multiple weeks. Um, I they, like their boy, though. I like Williams. They're back up. He's a fun yeah, guy. I like him, too. Yeah, no, I, I like him, too. I, I think you ever seen fun. his interview about him getting traded to the team? Or getting, yeah, like, yeah, from the Packers, right? Because the Packers, yeah. they don't want him. He goes, they don't want me no more. He like, it's like when your ex leave you. You got to go yeah. find a new one. So he's, I was he's like, like, you got to buy me food. I'm like, yo, that's funny. Like, but yeah, I that, like, hi, bro. Yeah, no, nah, I like him. But yeah, um, Swift, he might miss multiple weeks. He wants to come back. But the team is like, nah, we're going to be cautious with you. Um, But yeah, I think they'll lose to the Cardinals. They got a shot with the Falcons. Obviously, they have, I think they have a shot with Seattle because of, you know, um, you know, with all the dysfunction going on there. Um, and the Packers, I think they win it under the condition right. that the playoffs are all set. It's set in stone, and it doesn't matter whether, whether or not they win or lose. Right. So they just sit everyone. And you got Jordan Love out there. You know, now, knowing their luck, though, they'll sit Jared Goff. So who knows? Well, I don't think so. I don't think so because I, I listen. I, I think they're gonna want that win. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I, like, I think they'll want the win. Is it is it worth getting the win if Jared Goff tears his ACL in the last game? He can tear, he can tear his ACL this Sunday, but we don't know. Right. And even if he does, it's not it's not like he's their quarterback of the future. They're gonna get rid of him like the first chance they can. They got. That's what, that's what I told coach, and we I don't know if you saw that, but I was like, give him the Washington. He was like, no, and I was like, why not? Honestly, the only reason I say no to Washington is because I do like Taylor Heineke. I do too. I like that kid a lot. I like him a lot, but I, I definitely think they might take him. They might. I wouldn't be surprised if they do, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. Um, you know, again, Jared, I think Jared Goff to, to, to Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin, I think that'd be a good a good combo. Rio with a good mm-hmm. question. What's your guys' assessment on Stafford and the Rams now? Um, Mike, what you gotta say? Yo, put some respect on my boy Stafford, man. Like it's, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. When your team – and I'll say it. I'll say it full-heartedly. When your team is one-dimensional, when you have Sony Michelle and Henderson averaging a total combined of 40 to 50 yards, and you have Matthew Stafford as an immobile quarterback, offenses or defenses are only preparing for Matthew Stafford's offense. You apply that pressure. You know the running back is irrelevant. So, I mean, I, I think that, that's honestly the same thing that's been happening in Detroit. Matthew Stafford is amazing, and then he has moments where they understand there's no real RB. There's no real, you know, game plan So um, from the running perspective. And, and there's a couple phases through an offense that you have to have. You have to have blocking. You have to have a run game, and you have to have a passing game. You have the blocking. Uh, you have the pass game. But it's very easy to get through there 
when you don't have a run game because you know exactly what's going on. So I think some of it is on Matt. I definitely will say he needs to make better decisions. Uh, the pick sixes can't happen. Um, yeah, he's like but, three in a row. Right. But at this, on the other hand, why did he throw three in a row is because you can't run the ball effectively. So it's definitely also one of those situations too. Yeah, I, I, I will say that I call them the West Coast version of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, because, exactly. Because they don't they don't run the ball. Like they exactly. throw, throw, throw. And, and it's the same situation with Josh Allen. They just figured out we don't have to care about single Terry or Moss. Right. Like they don't they don't they don't really sack the box like that no more. Mm-hmm. They kind of just play for the, you know, play uh play play up for the pass. And he, you know, he ends up falling for it sometimes. Rio says Stafford's record against winning teams is horrible. Sure. And I understand that, but Not the reason right. I think it's horrible. Um, I think he means this year because this year I don't I think I don't think he's got um in terms of a what people call a quality win. Um I'm a, I'm gonna pull it up right now just to make sure. Um let's yeah. see. All right, so I feel like um, they, they beat the Bears, they beat the Colts, which I think was a good win. Turning they beat into the, a good win. They beat the Buccaneers, which I think is another good win. Lost to the Rams, beat Seattle, beat the Giants, beat the Lions, beat the Texans, lost to the Titans, um, lost to the Niners, and then just lost to the Packers. Um, for me, the way I look at it, I, I like I, I agree with Mike. Yeah. He does need some blame. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't just be past happy on quality teams. It's, right. That's not going to work. And like, we're talking about Sean McVay. Like, I need you to help my right. boy out. Exactly. Like whatever you talked with Stafford about in Cancun is not what you mm-hmm. game plan for. Like, right. Like, call Todd Gurley or something. Right. Like, you know, the thing is, like, again, you don't have to have, you know, your guys breaking records. You right. just need them to run the ball enough where people, you, you got to respect them to the point where you're kind of like, okay, hold on. We can't just always play the pass because if we right. do that, they'll run up the middle and we're fucked, you know? Right. And if they do just enough, I think they'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like, but again, when all you're doing is passing, you're just you're you're just inviting the opportunity because once you once you're throwing the ball in the air, you're giving the defense opportunities, right? Because right. let's say it's an incomplete pass. This is something people don't really take into account. The clock is stopped. Right. If it's a close game and you're only up by like three points, as the offense. You don't want that clock stopping. You want it to keep going mm-hmm. because every second is valuable. It doesn't matter if it's the first quarter or the fourth. You milking that clock just a little bit now pays great dividends later down the road. If you don't believe me, go talk to Ron Rivera. Go see how he coached the Washington football team when they beat the Bronx with the uh, not the Broncos, the Buccaneers and shit. Yeah. Before every play, Ron Rivera is looking up at the clock, then looking at then looking at his play sheet. And then, then call him to play. Then tell Taylor Heineke, this is what we're doing. And every single time he's looking up, calling to play, looking up. And when you're doing that, he's playing with the clock before the clock needs to be played with. So he's already setting himself in a good situation. You're, the, the, the Rams aren't doing that. They're, they're like, oh, yeah, we want to shoot out. Pew, 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 pew. Right. Problem is, A, you can't win every shootout. And B, the, the even worst part about it, when you're doing a shootout like that, guess what? You're giving the other team plenty of opportunities to shoot back. And once they hit you with a bullet, I don't want to say you're fucked, but when you start bleeding, eventually you're going to have to call 911. You know what I mean? Huh. I mean, it's just it's just right now, it's, oh, it's official. Strowman officially signed with Chicago. Let me see. Before we get a hold on, I want to see the... Just uh, did a fucking podcast about Cubs free agency literally before I came on here. So I guess we're going to have to scrap that and redo it again. But <laughs> that's okay. Oh, man. It's just interesting. I can't wait to see the uh, the contract because the rumor that I saw was a three- to five-year deal. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see whether or not he got that or more. I, I, I don't I don't think that he got a one or two year deal. No, I think at the minimum he got a three. It doesn't make sense to bring him in though. That's why that's why we weren't in on Scherzer or anything because it was exactly. like oh, we're not right, winning right. right now. They're like, right. oh, bring in Kershaw, and I'm like, why? Yeah, like you know, like 100. I think it was city right now. I don't give a fuck about Kershaw. Like, 
I mean, look, if, if this was, if this was, you know, back in the day, Kershaw, this sure. Was, but, if this was 2017 or 2016, by all woo! means for it, but. Yeah, we but, are something, but we're not there. Like, you know, we're in 2021, you know, yeah. like. 2022, really, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're going to be honest. Yeah, heading into the 2022 season, it's going to be very interesting. Um, But, yeah, now nah, it's going to be very, very interesting. Let me ask you a question, Mike, before we go. I yeah. just saw this. I literally just saw this on Facebook just now. Mm-hmm. Is this quote accurate? Because I know you hate this guy with a passion. I hate Baker Mayfield is just a sober Johnny Manziel. No. No. Johnny Manziel was one hell of an athlete. Johnny Manziel was a great athlete. Johnny Manziel was drunk. Like, Baker's not a great athlete um, by any means. Like, I view Baker Mayfield as a Hollywood Mitchell Trubisky. Like, you get that flock of Hulu. You get all this other stuff, but you are not a good decision maker. You are just really out there being that name brand that everyone wants you to be, that number one pick that everyone wants you to be. Now, granted, Mitch was number two, but nor here nor there because you're a Bears Chicago quarterback. So you really are still the no- – you can go at 31, and then you're still a fucking number one pick in the Bears fans' eyes. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think of him more of like a, a a Hollywood and famous version of what Mitchell Trubisky was. Uh, more than Johnny because Johnny football was a dog. Don't, don't get it twisted. Johnny was just a drunk. That's just the difference. And he was just lazy um, at the end of the wow. day. So that's, that's how I view jo- I, Johnny was one hell of an athlete. I think Johnny just had a problem. You know, the same thing as Josh Gordon, the same thing as many others. Uh, Johnny just couldn't control himself outside of the football field. So, um, yeah, no, Baker's dog shit. I will say this. Um, fuck Johnny Manziel. He was never really that good. Uh, he was Johnny, too. But, like, you know what I mean? He was overrated. His athleticism was not that great. His decision-making was even worse. Um, he I'm was a dog, me. though. Johnny football. He, he looked like a dog. I'm going to put it like that. Like, I feel you, but. I'm just going to put it like that. Um, Talent-wise, like, potential, I don't think we really classify Johnny you know, when you brought in Johnny and what did you expect him to be versus what you expected Baker to be are two very different things. I'm going to be a good noodle. I'm I like Bake. I like Bake. I just feel like he's getting himself in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Um. Last question. What's your guys' take on the SEC championship game this weekend? Um. So this is – it's going to be Georgia versus Alabama. Number one – which is Georgia versus number three, Bama. I got Georgia completely dog walking Alabama. I, yeah, um, respectfully, because I love Saban. I'm a Clemson guy, but I watched that game against Dabo and, and Uwe Ungalale and all that shit, whatever his name is. Dog shit, but whatever. The point is, though, I watched Georgia's defense very, very, very critically because I yeah. wanted to make it to a point of is this just Clemson being dog shit? Or is this Georgia being legit? And I've watched them after that. Um, I I love Bryce Young. I just think this defense is solidified. This defense is aged. This defense is experienced. Um, I I think Georgia might have an upset here. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. I'm I'm with Georgia. Um, I I just think I, I've said this before. They've been number one for a while, and it just makes sense. They're number one because top to bottom. They're the, I believe they're the best program in college football. I think the only thing that the college football committee has gotten right is leaving Georgia at one. From two down, yeah, a lot of question marks. But I will say this to my dying breath. I genuinely believe Georgia 100% is the best program in college football. Follow us on Twitter at Private Takes. Your boy, I love arguing with y'all. It's the best thing ever. And if there's anything y'all see that y'all want to tag your boy in that y'all want me to talk about, feel free. Follow us on Facebook at Private Takes. I'll be putting up memes, news, and we go live on Facebook. And if you don't have a Facebook, we're also live on YouTube at Private Takes. Visit our website, www.privatetakes.com. Not only is every single uh, every single episode of the podcast up there, we also have original articles. Words are hard. No wonder I didn't go to college. No, and check us out on Spotify and the Apple Podcast at the Prideful Takes Podcast. Mike, before you leave, let the people know where they can find you. You can find me and my merch at Mike on the Mic. You can find me anywhere on social media. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to it. You can find it there. You can find me on the ASAP Network. 
You can find me on the Spotlight Network sometimes. Um, all Spotlight, All Plays Network. We're fucking everywhere. I'm fucking everywhere. It's just real. Um, yeah, FBI's yeah. Most Wanted. I'm with it. You can find me on there too, probably. But um, no. But um, <laughs> I'm just playing. But yeah, you can definitely find me there. Mike on the Mic podcast. I stream everything. Um, it, it's majority Chicago related stuff. So if you fucks with it, you fucks with it. But if not, I cover other things as well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, ma- mainly bigger news stuff or just playoffs in general. Um, but yeah, you can definitely check me out there. You can check out me and Pride on the All Spotlight All Plays Network. We're gonna have a baseball show, Money Ball, hopefully coming very soon. Very excited for that. So just be on the lookout. If you want some merch, buy it. If not. It's all good. Don't give a fuck. But yes. here's what it is. And Clyde, <laughs> thank you for having me on again, man. Of course. Thank you for being here, bro. And like always, my door is always open. Um, it's your boy Pride on behalf of Mike Chicago. Stand up. Marcus. We'll see you guys. Bring that ass here, boy. Bring that ass here, boy. <laughs> we'll see you guys in the next one. Be safe. Knew where that was going. It was a great read. Ooh, Lillard from the logo. That'll quiet the shoe on the season. Second and one for the Bills. The handle the rush. Allen looking. It's out. Two to Shohei Otani. Center field. Let's watch it go. Did several of those inside low kicks. Oh.